Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Well, blessings, folks. This is Dale, and welcome to the Word Podcast. I thank you so much for joining with me. Uh, I also want to thank you. I haven't said anything lately, but thank you so much for the kind words that several of you have sent. Uh, about our time together, and uh, one and one in particular I really enjoyed is a friend of mine, and he says you've about convinced me, <laughs> and I know I know exactly what he's talking about. But w- when I read that, it really struck me. I thought, you know, I really hope that I'm not convincing anybody of anything. The last thing that we want is to be convinced of something by one another. What we do want to know is what saith the Lord. What is the mind of the Lord? What does the Lord say about a matter? And then in sharing that and with digging that out and gleaning that and harvesting and mining and all the things that you do with the Word of God, it all of a sudden our minds start to be uh, conformed to His mind. Our minds start to be transformed to His mind. Our understanding is the understanding of the Lord rather than the understanding of what I thought or what somebody else might have thought that they shared with us and then that wondrous <laughs> conflation of of a bunch of people thinking different things and coming up with a consensus. Uh, there is no consensus. There's truth. Okay, there's truth. So anyway, thank you so much. Uh, I got a kick out of that. Uh, also, uh, remember, one of the primary ways, the, the primary way that people find out about this time together is uh, by word of mouth. So please share with one another and play, put it on all your social media things and that kind of stuff. So anyway, we've been looking at uh, the book of Second Thessalonians of late. And like I said three or four episodes ago, this is one of my favorite portions of the Scripture because of what's being addressed right here. Uh, the Spirit led Paul to speak to the people, the believers of Thessalonica, and there were some things that were going on. Uh, some people had tried to deceive them, either uh, by a message or a letter or a spirit, saying that the day of the Lord had already come. And Paul said, no, no, let me talk to you about that. Let me talk to you about the Lord's coming and our gathering together with Him. And the first thing he said is to see that no one deceive you. Don't let anybody deceive you. It's the same thing that Jesus said to his disciples in Matthew 24 when he began to answer the questions that all of this has arisen out of. This whole end time thing came out of those questions that were asked in Matthew 24. And he says, make sure that no one deceive you. And he told them, here's what's going to happen. The Lord's not going to return until the apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed. So the man of lawlessness is going to be revealed. And we learn a lot about the man of lawlessness in this passage. We're about to see it in just a moment. He's described as the, the son of destruction. He opposes and opposes the most high God's idea. He exalts himself above every so-called God and object of worship. And he says he's going to come to the point where he's going to take his seat in the temple of God and he's going to display himself as being God. And then Paul had told him this. He said, do you remember that I was telling you this while I was with you? And that is such a convicting. That's verse 5 of 2 Thessalonians 2. Such a convicting verse right there. Because so often we do not share these things. We think these things are for people that have been in, uh, uh, believers for a long period of time. And you have to be super smart and intelligent to understand it. And nothing could be further from the truth. If you simply read the word, the Lord will tell you exactly what we need to know. And Paul, from the very, very beginning with these folks as believers, uh, dealt with the fact that the Lord's returning and what is going to be occurring. Uh, 
And then he uh, reminds them of some of the things that he told them. Verse 6, he had said, you know what restrains him now. And the him is the man of lawlessness, okay? The Antichrist, the one that's... He says there's something that's restraining him. And we've talked in a previous episode, I believe that something that's restraining him is Michael the archangel. You see that from Daniel 12. Then Paul says this in verse 7. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he is taken out of the way. And that very much echoes what you see in 1 Corinthians, I mean, 1 John, that, uh, that the Antichrist is coming, but the spirit of Antichrist is here now. So lawlessness is here now, but there's one who's restraining. But a time is going to come when he will be taken away and will no longer strain, uh, restrain. Then verse 8 tells us what's going to happen at that time. Then that lawless one, this man of lawlessness, the Antichrist, will be revealed whom the Lord will slay with the breath of his mouth and bring to an end by the appearance of of his coming. And I love the way that the Spirit led Paul to, to write this and just uh, address it. Because he's saying this lawless one will be revealed. See, in the last days and the end times, there's two revelations that take place. There's going to be the revealing, the unveiling of the man of lawlessness. And then there's going to be the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says this one will be revealed. But then in verse 8, he immediately at the very beginning tells us what his ultimate outcome is going to be. Before he goes into all the details about what he's going to do, he tells us what his end's going to be. And that's what's sort of encouraging about this, because he says he's going to be revealed, but the Lord will slay him with the breath of his mouth, that's the Lord's mouth, and bring to an end by the appearance of his, the Lord's, coming. So he's saying this, that when the Lord returns again, he's going to bring an end to this one that does this, this man of lawlessness. Then verse 9, he says, that is, and he's describing the lawless one in more detail, the one who's coming is in accord with the activity of Satan. So this one that he's talking about that's going to come in and declare himself to be God, that's going to sit in the temple of God, he's doing this according to the activity of Satan. He's literally going to be empowered by Satan. He's going to be indwelt by Satan. And then the next part of the verse says this, with all power and signs and false wonders. And a lot of times people say, well, what does that exactly mean? Well, it means that he is a very, very powerful entity. Satan is powerful. And he's going to manifest his power through this man of lawlessness. And there will be signs. And there will be wonders, but they're false wonders. But they're wonders nonetheless. And the whole point is that the world will be deceived and the world will believe the false wonders rather than the true wonders. And when you read the balance of Scripture, you get a lot of uh, understanding about what type of things that's going to occur here. So he's going to be coming with all power and signs and false wonder and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. That's verse 10, first part of verse 10. With all the deception of wickedness. You know, we've encountered wickedness and we see wickedness uh, day in and day out. But this man of lawlessness is going to be empowered with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish. Who are those who perish? Well, the rest of the sentence tells us. Because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. Some interesting little nuances right there within that. 
They did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. They could have been saved. They could have received the love of the truth, but they rejected the love of the truth. And because they rejected the love of the truth, they're going to be open and susceptible to believe in this man of lawlessness. Now, what he's going to do, he's going to come along and he's going to either sign or affirm a, a peace covenant, a peace treaty. And all the world's going to be saying, oh, peace, 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 peace has finally come. And everybody's going to think this is great and wonderful, but that is just the beginning of the 70th week of Daniel, the final seven-year time period. Halfway through that seven-year time period, three and a half years into it, the man of lawlessness will declare himself to be God. And then we'll start attacking uh, the Jewish people in Israel and the church. The church is not raptured out prior to that time. This is the great tribulation when Satan does that through this man of lawlessness. Those of the world will think, oh, this is our man, this is our man. But when it's all said and done, they're going to realize that it's a deception of wickedness. They're going to perish for all eternity because they did not receive the truth so as to be saved. That's something that each one of us really needs to examine ourselves. Second Corinthians says that. Examine yourself to see if you be of the faith, not just religious, but truly saved. If you do that, the Lord will reveal it. Uh, man, my time's up. I'll see you again next time. Goodbye.